my name is Stan Honig, and I am the Division Chief of the Sexual and Reproductive Medicine Division of Yale Urology in New Haven, Connecticut. And my practice focuses on these types of issues that involve fertility, sexuality, intimacy, that involves things like vasectomy, low testosterone. We also do some work with the transgender population in terms of surgery and hormone therapy and things along those lines. Dr. Honig, we're going to talk about vasectomy reversals. Are they all that common? It turns out that about 6% of patients that have vasectomies will actually undergo reversal. And then most of the time, it's related to a change in life that involves divorce and remarriage and a new partner. Every once in a while, we have a situation where a couple has just changed their mind or unfortunately, like the death of a child or something like that. But most of the time, it's a change in life. And it's the type of thing where you should seek out a specialist where someone has experience with microsurgery because it's a microsurgical procedure. Doing a vasectomy takes about 10, 15 minutes to do, but putting it back together takes about three hours. So you really want to choose someone. And the, the success rates with a vasectomy reversal are never as good as if you didn't have a vasectomy. But they're actually pretty good. So, for instance, in men who are less than 10 years out, most of the time, 90% of them will have sperm coming out in their ejaculate after mm. a vasectomy reversal. And the pregnancy rate is really dependent upon more of the wife's age than anything else. So as the wife gets older, the, the pregnancy rate and goes down a little bit. But the success rates are actually pretty good. Sometimes as you go further out, it requires a more complicated reconstruction and success rates go down once you're more than 15 years out. But even in no situations, there is a reasonable number of people that will get pregnant. Is this a recent development? Because I remember hearing, of course, this is going back quite a way, that the success rate was not good. Has it just improved over the years? Well, I, I think it's improved somewhat over the years, but I oh. think it's really been a misnomer that the success rates are low. As we have more and more people learning microsurgery, as we train more and more trainees and they get out around the country, it used to be that maybe there was 15 or 20 guys around the country that were skilled in microsurgery. Now there's probably hundreds around the country. So I think that it's important for the public to find someone who has microsurgical training. The other thing I think that's important to note is that that's not the only option to get pregnant after a vasectomy. So, for instance, retrieving sperm and combining that with in vitro fertilization is a second option for couples that want to experience fertility after a vasectomy. So, actually getting sperm from the male is very simple. Most of the time, it's an office procedure, very similar to the vasectomy, whereas a reversal is done in the operating room is under general anesthesia. And the good thing about that is that the quality of the sperm that you get is actually pretty good for the most part, but the numbers of sperm that you get tend to be low. So you have to combine it with in vitro fertilization. So we typically work with one of the fertility clinics and I work with the male and I refer or vice versa will refer or they will refer to me, the female partner to be stimulated to make eggs and then we'll do the procedure, get the sperm and usually we freeze it and then they put the wife into cycle and they make, let's say, three to five eggs per month instead of one and they mm -hmm. 
do a retrieval because they get the eggs. They defrost the sperm, inject the sperm into the eggs. It's called intracytoplasmic sperm injection. And couples get pregnant that way as well. So there are two options that are available. And a lot of the success rates are good with both. And a lot depends on what's covered by insurance, how couples want to approach us. Let's do it the old-fashioned way and Mm. see what happens. And others are like, what's the fast, quickest way to get pregnant? Especially Mm. in women who uh, whose partners are 39, 40 in that age group where doing the sperm retrieval may be the, the overall better way to go. That sounds brilliant, though. One-stop shopping. Just, uh, you know, in your office, you can coordinate the whole thing. That's great. Right. Biologically, a man's body doesn't stop producing sperm just because he has had a vasectomy, right? That's correct. So the sperm that comes out, the body kind of breaks down and it it kind of resolves and it, it turns over. But the testicle is always making more and more sperm. So if you go into the testicle or the area next to the testicle called the epidermis, you can get good quality sperm from those areas. As long as we are on the topic of guys, I wanted to just briefly touch on menopause or male menopause. And I remember when this term first came out and there was a hullabaloo about it. I think that there's a lot of probably myths and legends out there and there's a lot of truths involved. So yeah. I think as men get older, their testosterones get lower, generally yeah. speaking. And the question is, is it aging or is it the biological nature of the body? And sometimes as men get older, they kind of lose their muscle mass and they put on a couple of pounds. And the question is, which came first? Is it the weight that causes the low testosterone or is it the low testosterone that causes the lack of muscle mass, things like that? So we don't screen people for low testosterone. But for people who come in between 50 and 70 and, you know, they just don't have the pep in the step that they had before, they're a little tired, their sex drive is lower, maybe they're having some little problems with erections, although erection problems are more a blood flow problem than a hormone problem. Yeah, we'll check a morning testosterone and if it's low, we'll make sure that it's nothing serious. And if it's not, then we will start some testosterone placement. You know, one important point I always like to stress is people think of testosterone as the fountain of youth. And we see younger and younger guys coming in wanting to have treatment. And as a fertility person, we're always leery about putting young men of reproductive age or even men in their 40s and 50s who are considering still having a family because testosterone actually drops your sperm count. So you need the testicle to make its own testosterone. So when you actually give testosterone, the body says, hey, I don't need to make it on my own. I'm Mm -hmm. getting it from the outside. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make its own testosterone. So it actually shuts off sperm production. So we see it's not uncommon for us to see men in their 30s or 40s who were put on testosterone. They come in to see us. They have no sperm in their ejaculate. And most of the times we can adjust them to the point where we take them off testosterone, they start making sperm, and there are other kind of off-label treatments that we can use to increase their testosterone without having that negative effect on the sperm. But this is kind of a, you have to personalize care for the particular patient. Sure. Do you run into other problems with testosterone replacement therapy? I'm thinking about the hormone replacement therapy that women get in, in menopause. Well, generally speaking, the risks with testosterone are low, okay? About five or eight years ago, there were a couple of papers that came out that suggesting suggested that starting testosterone was dangerous to your heart, clot formation, things like that. They mm. really weren't 
great studies that were done. And most of us that do a lot of hormone replacement feel that, if anything, it has a good effect on the heart as opposed to a negative. But, you know, we're careful. We tell patients about this type of thing. It can also thicken your blood. Mm. And that's why the it's one of the benefits of your exercise, I think, is you're actually carrying more oxygen capacity in your blood. But sometimes it can get real high. So that's something that needs to be monitored. And the last thing is the prostate. Historically, testosterone has has been thought to have a negative effect on the prostate and may put you at risk for issues relating to prostate cancer. But over the years, what we've realized is that it really isn't the case. In fact, testosterone has really minimal effects, but we still check it on a regular basis. Do you see any kind of a link between testosterone replacement therapy, perhaps, and anger or depression, like psychological type of effects? You know, these things are so vague in general. Mm, so okay. I think that testosterone is thought to, you know, you hear about raging hormones and things like that. <laughs> so in people who kind of have a baseline of problems with anger management, things like that, yeah, I mean, it's going to increase things a little bit. You know, it's unclear. Some people say it's good for uh, mental health issues. Some people say it's bad. So I think the jury is still out as to what the effects are. And that's why it's important to go to a doctor who's familiar with this type of thing and can monitor your symptoms and seeing how you're doing. You seem to be a pretty direct guy and an upbeat guy. So you probably don't have any problems having your patients talk to you. No, I think that Number one, we closed the door and a lot of them have been thinking about treatment for sexual issues or yeah. low testosterone for a long time. We close the door and say, hey, look, this is your time to share your feelings. And they, you know, they're very shy about it, talking about intimacy issues, especially about erection problems. And it gives them the opportunity to, for me to say, hey, look, if you're 60 years old, half the people around you are having some kind of problem. And number one, they realize that they're not the only ones having the problem. They go to the bar and they look to their left and they look to their right. There's a good chance that one or two of those guys are having similar problems. They're just not talking about it. Yeah. Well, you've been great. Anything that you, you want to mention that I didn't ask you about uh, in this realm? Well, one thing I think is interesting that has come out of this Roe versus Wade decision on abortion is this bump in vasectomy consult. So not only is it in the the red states where abortion may be abolished in automatically in 12 to 13 states, we've seen a, a major jump in our vasectomy consults. And you know, I've been asking patients, is this something that stimulated you to come in? And sometimes it's like, absolutely. And other times it's like, well, we've been thinking about it for a long time. And this is just the thing that kind of pushed them over the edge. That's one thing. The other thing is just to say, hey, I always stress if men are having intimacy problems and they're concerned about their self-esteem, men want treatment. Men are fix-it people. Mm -hmm. And we have great treatments for things like erectile dysfunction. We have pills. And even if pills don't work, we have outstanding local treatments. We have surgical treatments. We have treatments for other disorders that involve curvature to the penis or problems with ejaculation. So I would urge couples that are experiencing intimacy problems to seek out the care because we have good treatments out there available. 
Boy, that was well said. You're good at this. What you just said about uh, the vasectomy. Well, I think that men are taking more responsibility in terms of reproduction and sexual health. And when someone comes in to see us, it's not just a visit about the intimacy and sexuality. It gives me an opportunity, for instance, in someone who has erectile dysfunction, who may be 30 pounds overweight or is smoking, to say, here, you are, you have the ability to change your risk factors, not only for sexual function, but for your heart, for your lungs, things like that. And even young men who are coming in with fertility problems, it's an opportunity for me to say, hey, you're going to have a child or you're coming here wanting to have a child. You want to be healthy for them. So losing 30 pounds or eating more uh, healthy or changing your sleep pattern where you get more sleep, it just gives us an opportunity to stress the importance of men taking care of themselves. Well said again. Thank you.